I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Will we keep it real? We keep it opinionated? We keep it what, Lisa? Wakanda. I knew she was going to do that We keeping shit. it. I knew. Keep- you could have said it, too. I was over here like that. I know. I know. Okay. You can do it again. I ain't going back no, over Go ahead. Again. We can go back. See how embarrassing we this is? We can go back in time. <laughs> I can turn back time. Come on. Like Cher said, we can turn back time. Go ahead. Do it Show again. No way. No, we ain't going to do all that. Kind <laughs> of forever. Whenever. Y'all know how forever, we do it on the ever. Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So now you hear a little Miss Interruption over here. I'm sorry. Lisa Bolacaza. This is an exciting day. The street nerdist. Yes. AKA. What? <laughs> the black, the black <laughs> digit of Mission <laughs> B. Yes, 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 y'all. <laughs> and you don't I, stop. I used to surf back in the day, and I was the one <laughs> black person on Mission Beach in San Diego with my surfboard. Uh, unlike some people who had money, I had to get on the public bus with a surfboard. With a big ass surfboard. From the hood all the way down to the beach. <laughs> Our hood was really a sober. I just like saying hood because it sounds cool. It, it was just a little sober. Near Lemon Grove, but we get on the bus and go there, and yes, and you know all the surf movies are my favorite, and Gidget's one of my favorite mm-hmm. surf movies. Yeah, we're still about to interview. I'm directing this this documentary about surf and bands and shit, and um, we're about to interview the original. Excuse me, the original Gidget. I thought you did that already. No, Kathy. When? Well, they said July, but now I start on the show. I don't know when it's going to be. Was it? Let me know yeah, because I will go in mom's garage and bust out the old surfboard let and let her sign it. Okay. If it's still in decent condition, it might not be. <laughs> cat and scratch the cat. No, my mom's got these new cats and they've messed up a lot of my books and vinyl. So anyway, right. hi everybody. I just want to do a shout out because I'm really excited today because we have the writers who did A Quiet Place and we're going to get in because you know I love horror. And it's been a long time since we had a good horror movie come out. Yes. And a good movie where I was anticipating. Do you know how rare it is for me to be excited about a horror movie? <laughs> where I see the trailer and I'm usually like, man, that's yeah, a straight video. This right. is straight right. trash. <laughs> and you know I love to sit in the back of the audience when I'm watching trailers yeah. to see everybody's reaction. And let me tell you guys, when that first teaser trailer came out, bitch, that's, that, that audience was silent. Silent. And I was sitting there like, let me, who, who movie is this? Let me see what's going on. Let me put this on my radar. So not only that, but last night was the Nebula Awards. And I want to give a shout out to my people who were nominated and won. But, you know, all the people who are nominated, you're excellent. But let me talk about my peeps who won. First of all, N.K. Jemison won for best um, novel. She finished up the trilogy. So I want you guys to go get these books. All right. The Stone Sky won. Mm-hmm. For best novel So congratulations Nora N.K. Jemison. So Hollywood Y'all need to start um, Optioning her book See Lisa's always Ahead and of Hollywood And getting the sci-fi Telling people what to do Black women <laughs> sci-fi Because I have great taste And what I say Comes to fruition Right 
Don't ever doubt me. <laughs> Don't ever doubt me. Also, my boy, my brother from another mother. Mm-hmm. And you guys have had, you've heard my boy on here, Sam Joshua Miller, Sam J. What's Miller. Up, Sam? Um, his Art of Starving that came out last year mm-hmm. won the um, Andre Norton Award for Best YA Sci-Fi Novel. Awesome. And of course, y'all need to run out and go get his new book, Just Drop, Blackfish City. If you want to talk about sci-fi, dystopian, Great fantastic, title, it? it's amazing. Yeah. So Hollywood, jump on it. Hire me to write the script. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, Rebecca Roanhorse, uh, um, she won for Best Short Story. And the reason I'm excited about Rebecca's win, um, it's, it's Welcome to Your Authentic Indian Experience. Mm-hmm. And Rebecca's one of those people, she's Afro-Dentist, she's native, black native, and she's wrote about a Native American sci-fi short story. And I think it's one of the very few that have won, you know, so I'm really thrilled for her because native voices have been, we're out there, native people, we in Mm sci-fi, fam, we there. So it's it's extra special for the Nubby Awards for them to win because these are writers who have been on the grind doing their work. And you know, you already know, when people have been working for a long time and stuff starts to pop. And we'll talk about that in the future yes. with some other people. Well, we can, we can. But, but I just want to say, hey, congratulations. And also, also shout out to Jordan Peele because he also won, um, Get Out won for the Ray Bear Bradbury Award for Outstanding Dramatic really? Presentation. Really? I mean, is that good enough to win? <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have seen the nominees. Like, the nominees this year was like, oh, okay. child, it was not planned. So anyway, shout out to my peeps. And I'm, I'm really excited because these are people I, I really appreciate. And I've seen their hustle. I've read their work. And you know, when I say something's good, is good. Yeah, right. And when I say it's trash, <laughs> it's whack. So anyway, I just want to start off by saying that. But that anyway, I'm so excited to have Scott yeah. and Brian here. Yay! All right, go ahead. Continue. So continue. If oh, you right. guys are grown, let's go ahead and get yes. to the show. So today we got my my boys on the show that mm-hmm. I met recently. And one of them is a ginger, so you know it's extra special. <laughs> <laughs> you know I think gingers are magical. She got a little thing for y'all redheads, you know. You know what? Listen, <laughs> my first crush. Little Theodore, he was one of the few black gingers on the planet, and he was my first love. So from him to Malcolm X to anybody who's a redhead, Pippi Longstocking. Yes, Pippi. That's my bitch. That's my bitch right there. That's my girl. Like, gingers are magical. They're rare, and they're magical. So it's extra special. So with that, you guys, we got the two two co-writers of... (laughs) Stupid. Two co-writers of A Quiet Place. He didn't tell y'all was shenanigans on the show, did he? We love it. No, okay, very good. Oh, they very okay, good. all right, very good. All right, we got Brian Woods and Scott back in the house. What's up, y'all? What up? Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. Wait, so wait, so Brian Woods. Yes. Where's your family from? Um. Oh, gosh. I mean, we have history in, you know, we're a bit Irish, we're a bit German. Um. You're going to have to talk to my no, parents No, I mean, here in the United States, though, like, <laughs> immediate family. Because um, my mother's maiden name is Woods. Oh, and we might be related. Yeah? Oh, well, okay. Well, Scott I don't meet that many Woods people. Scott and I are both from Iowa. Okay. So, yeah, the Midwest. We're Midwest boys. Yeah. Nowhere near Pittsburgh. Nobody went to Pittsburgh? Not my... F- no. Nobody made a no. great migration anywhere to Mississippi or Pittsburgh or Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking. Because he might be my cousin and I can start bragging on I mean, Twitter. I like, I like the idea that we're cousins. I, I buy it. I'm into it. So, let's, let's yeah, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> Continue. So... Uh, Welcome to the show. First of all, appreciate you having you guys. Of course, man. Thanks you for guys coming. are awesome. Yeah. So we did um, we did a screening at the Writers Guild Theater. Uh, was it like a month ago? Yeah, yeah. A month ago. yeah. Like right when you guys came out. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, this is dropping tomorrow, by the way. Gotcha. Um, that's how much I love y'all, motherfucker. <laughs> um, and so um, so I got to moderate with the two of them, and we just like hit it off. These are like awesome. So um, I'm proud of you guys, man. The fucking movie is 
Awesome. Oh, thank you That's so much. That's very nice of you to say. Yeah. And, and the Q&A was so fun for us. You. You, you made us feel very comfortable. It's yeah, like yeah, kind definitely. of awkward for us. Yeah, no, no. You did not me. And they've never had another one since. What? <laughs> no, yeah, I mean. Just shutting, it down. <laughs> shutting it down after yeah, that. Right, right. Yeah. And, and on a high note. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, but that was a really, really awesome night, you know, hanging with you guys that night. And you know, it was packed. It was fucking. Here's the deal. It was so packed. How packed was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was so packed. It was as packed as Black Panther was. Wow. There hasn't been a movie that packed before in a long time and since. That's Very crazy. Cool. Yeah, That's Brian crazy. and I actually got turned away at the door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was standing right there. At the door. Uh, right. Yeah, we, we had to pull that card. We're yeah. like, uh, we were the wait, we're the writers wait. <laughs> from your own screening. Yeah, in the yeah. Movie? Yes, it yeah. was that yeah. crowded. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, so anyway, welcome to the show. I appreciate having you guys. So let's just go ahead and get in. Let's yeah. go back. You started saying you guys are from Iowa. Let's, yeah. let's tell the story. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Brian and I, we've known each other since we were 11 years old. Shut we, up. We, yeah. We, we were friends before we were like filmmakers and co-writers and co-directors together. Um, we just happened to sit at the same lunch table. Like we were both still like nerds. <laughs> Can you imagine had figures. they like, this, this is a real sci-fi moment where it's like, if they had just went, I'm going to get right. some more tater tots at this exactly. moment <laughs> and pass by it. One hundred percent, because like we both were making movies individually with our with our action figures, right. and you know b- bothering our friends and boring <laughs> them, and it was so fun for us to like meet each other and be like, oh, you do that too. Like you're right. just as excited right. about making movies with toys. Like great, let's let's join our <laughs> let's let's put all of our let's toy join forces together. together. Yeah. <laughs> nerd, is that nerd powers yeah. activate? Exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so it's like us combining our Star Wars action figure like pool together, and those were our first movies. Like okay. we were just like voicing the characters Wait, and just do writing st- stories. Do you, do you still have them? We Please do, tell yeah. me you still have I them. I have a very, very like good VHS archives. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, and it went from there. I mean, you know, in like middle school and mm-hmm. high school, we started our, our movies would get more and more ambitious, like mm-hmm. like our heroes at the time. I mean, so many different filmmakers, but mm-hmm. like we got really immersed into like Martin Scorsese's work and like Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> and started doing these like kind of ambitious, um, like two hour, two and a half hour long micro budget feature films, mm-hmm. um, casting like local actors. Wow, they were two yeah. hour? Oh, they were, yeah. yeah. And but they were it's painful. like the longest two hour. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, like, it feels it like, like two hours. Didn't nobody pull yeah. you aside and say, um. <laughs> Our parents were much too kind. They were but, too polite. But we were, we were dealing with subject matters that we had no life experience. Right. I mean, we were like two 16-year-olds from Iowa, and we had like our friends snorting fun dip as standing cocaine. So like, yeah. it, it was complete absurdity. But, um, you know, we were cribbing off like our favorite filmmakers mm, and right. trying to really do what they did. And in some regards, that's kind of how you that's have to start you as a filmmaker. Yeah. Like you just you do what you see, and then hopefully eventually you will find your voice. And and we came of age, what I feel like, and I'm curious what your guys' opinion is, like during like, it's one of the best years of film in our existence for us was like 1999. Like we, it was like Magnolia, Mm -hmm. um, Fight Club, The Sixth Sense, um, even like, I'm trying to think like, what what else, like there's so many amazing movies that Michael Mann was doing good movies in. Um, Alejandro Gonzalez and Herrera too, like discovering Amoris Peros, like on a a VHS, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like Spike Lee's. So many, hour, so like many one of my favorite different, movies. Different like, types of cinema at that point. Unbelievable. That it was changed just, the game for us. It, it just was so inspiring mm-hmm. to make movies and, and feel like, oh, wow, it'd be so fun to be a writer and, and direct one day. And anyway. And that was a good year in the sense of bringing back kind of like the more dark 
mm. you yeah. know, and mm-hmm. more dramatic psychological things. Because, you know, we had come off like the 80s, like, real happy, but yeah, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. And it was like, I just remember when Fight Club came out, oh my God, when I went to go see Amor's Pearls and just sitting there going, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. They're bringing it back. Yeah. It reminds me of the 70s, yeah. the good 70s yeah. classics. So. Yeah. You guys were taught well. (laughs) And for us, it was probably like a window into the 70s. It was a window into, like, that was our contemporary, like, filmmaking, what was going on then, and it made us look like, oh, well, what what preceded this? What led to this? Mm. Whose shoulders are they standing on? Yeah, Um, and the fact that DVD commentaries were, like, booming at that point, you know, we were digesting all of that in special features on DVDs, and that was essentially our film school, where we were learning how to make movies by just simply being passive, but watching these incredible filmmakers do their things okay yeah Yeah. awesome so when did the writing when did you guys click into that uh that was even before we met Mm -hmm. to a certain degree like both brian and i were writing short plays and such um Mm -hmm. and we started were you guys in drama class and shit like that or what yeah i did drama in high school i uh i I never i couldn't i couldn't get cast (laughs) (laughs) i tried (laughs) who was not casting ginger (laughs) yeah i tried it was for robin hood of all it was like the very first play in high school and both brian and i went out to audition and i made the cut and brian didn't and that changed like that changed history i did drama for four years brian Ryan never auditioned again. What I quickly learned was that I was a terrible actor, but maybe I could be behind like right, the scenes right. and eventually behind the camera. But we, I mean, we always had a fascination with movies. And then I think in middle school and high school, we started discovering what a screenplay was. And one of my first screenplays was this um, bound copy of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And, and having loved that movie, I was like, oh, these are words on a page. And I never really understood how you communicate that to, mm-hmm. you know, the crew and right. the cast. Um, and then I think Sixth Sense was one of those movies that we both really fell in love with in 1999. Mm-hmm. And the, the storytelling of that was really fascinating about how can you deliver this twist um, without the audience really keying into it. Right. And so mm-hmm. reading that script was, was very educational, even to this day. Like, we still crack that one open. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's fucking perfect yeah Yeah. it's like one of those scripts where and we talk about there's like a couple scripts that are like flawlessly perfect like kramer versus kramer big you know there's a there's this couple that there's like nothing wrong with they're magical and if you say anything against them right we're gonna fight (laughs) (laughs) earrings are coming off (laughs) we're fighting the street that's what's up so what what brought you guys finally into Yeah, LA? how did, did you, you leave Iowa? Like right. how what is that? You guys that go to college like, and shit like what Yeah, you yeah. So we went to the <laughs> University of Iowa. We mm-hmm. actually decided not to be film students and not um, study film as our main kind of thing just because we felt like we're doing so much of that outside right. of class, wanted to get kind of a more w- well-rounded education whatever the hell that is. And um, <laughs> and just kind of, you know, skipping class to make movies on our own and um, and then just you know like begrudgingly came I out hope your here. parents ain't listening to that. We don't put good money and he's skipping He's skipping classes. Yeah, Yeah, so we just like, we came out here knowing that, like, inevitably, if we wanted to be professionals, that this is the the hub where work is. And and so just kind of little by little moved out Mm -hmm. here. How long have you guys been out here now? Uh,. 11 years, I think. Do you guys come out together? Uh, No, no. Scott came out first. We would, basically, we would, like, still shoot our projects back in Iowa where there's, like, no permits. We had an actor base and Uh a crew that was, like, really excited to work. Mm -hmm. And and then we would, like, come out here for business meetings and whatever else. Yeah. 
um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard to leave Iowa, though, because it is so easy to make movies back there. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to deal with any of the bullshit in terms right. of, like, the politics of getting movies made there. It's just very much, like, you put a casting call out, you get 200 people to show up. Really? You find, like, talent in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. and then you just can go off and shoot your movies wherever, really, you want. <laughs> so, and so you find great faces, right. see? Yeah, yeah, you get them you before they get the Hollywood face. Right. You find real people. Yes. That's real people. Yes. Yeah. With <laughs> real yeah. teeth, real yeah. skin, yeah. real hair. Everything. I'll just picture in the cops roll up on you there and they're like, hey, you guys need security? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this has happened. I mean, I can do a good cameo. And kind of right. This has happened so many different times. And in fact, we um, we ended up putting cop cars in our movies and we had like really? cops, like legitimately cops, like putting their uniforms on other actors and such, which is, I think, technically illegal. That's illegal. You know, we, yeah, we, pulled that's right. off. we pulled it off <laughs> because we were inside closed doors. But, right. um, but you get that type of goodwill back there right. because people are just excited about making movies and I think that's one of the things that we absolutely adore about where we grew up mm. is um, anytime we go back there we feel that same passion from everybody else and oh, it just recharges that. your battery so, I love that yeah. I know they're yeah. probably proud of you guys back home it's, it's a nice community they're there, so yeah. nice to yeah. us yeah. 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 they know that you guys were making a, a big horror movie fantastic yeah. scary yeah, I mean, they certainly, um, we wrote, like, we've written many of our projects, Quiet Place included, um, for our backyard, you know, of mm-hmm. Iowa. And so that's one nice thing about having that movie open and being able to open on so many screens that it's back in Iowa is that it is somewhat a love letter to that state and to that community that we grew up. But, now, were, yeah. the writing you guys were doing, were you always writing in the genre or were you writing other things too, like dramas, uh, a little bit of everything? So yeah. our taste runs the gamut as, like, film lovers and filmmakers. So, like, we've been all over the map. Um, growing up and then at a certain point probably around college like or just started going a little darker and darker and darker Mm. I don't know why just like you know like David Fincher is another inspiration like we just tend to like naturally kind of gravitate towards see these are my people (laughs) (laughs) see I understand they understand like life can be beautiful but you know what sometimes that darker stuff is a little bit more interesting yeah Yeah. it's exciting there's there's still layers you can find more like truth of life like out of the darkness well I have to tell you Lisa and I have a philosophy that parents should teach their kids to watch Horror yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally they agree. are life yeah. lessons that'll yeah. keep you alive. Totally. It will save you. If you don't teach your children how to watch horror movies and appreciate them, yeah. your child is the one that's boo boo the fool that walks into the woods right. and it's like, oh, let's go in this house. Right. The rest exactly. of us is like, right. first of all, we're not even going <laughs> with the person driving this car. That's the yeah. first yeah. step. So, yeah. yes. No, no I just showed my five month old uh, daughter. Five month old? Yeah. Yeah. That's good parenting. Yeah, I showed her Nightmare on Elm Street Part yeah. 2. So. Yeah. What's your daughter's name? Uh, Izzy. So. Izzy. God bless. Yeah. See, Daddy is is getting you ready. Yeah, yeah. Daddy's getting you ready. I'm like, this is what happens if you don't behave. Thank like, you. Freddie's coming. Freddie will come, yeah. and she will hold that and be like, "All right, Freddie's dead. Freddie's dead." Yeah, it's weird. We grew up with horror movies. You know, I remember watching Night of the Living Dead when I was a kid, yes, and yep. I remember seeing Terminator Two in theaters. Like, my parents brought me when I was just a kid. It's yeah. just like uh, my uncle would um, show me only the worst parts of movies, like RoboCop where the yeah. guy gets dumped in acid and then hit by a car. Jeff Goldblum in The Fly like is right, spitting yeah. venom. My on, husband. Like, <laughs> one, one, of, one of my many husbands, yes. So that's that's one of those like very scarring memories I have but in a good way where I'm like, oh, what is this type of filmmaking and yeah. how do I get involved right. in this? Yes. And, and also it shows you that um, you can put things on screen that scar you but they're also they're fictitious. And so mm-hmm. for me, as like a five-year-old watching these things. I'm like, how did they pull that off? How did they do that? And mm-hmm. so you start getting interested in special effects right. and craft a movie. Right. And I can kind of like draw a line to where that, that fascination with film kind of originated. And, so. and that's the interesting thing is 
you 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 can you can get numb to it because you know how it works. Right. True. But when you take someone out of the movie, yeah, who who cannot who can be numb to a movie, mm. yeah. and they're not during your movie, which mm. I felt during your movie, yeah, is brilliant. Uh, we talk cool. about that all the time. It's like, yeah, I can see how phony that. I saw the fake blood. I saw, <laughs> you know what I mean. Sure. You can see things coming that don't bother you as much at all. Whereas other people are like, oh, I can't even watch it. Sure, right. but when you have the right movie and the right moments of tension that build to the moment, mm-hmm. then you earn it. You uh, know right. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For totally. sure. For yeah. sure. So how did you get out to LA where you're both out here at the same time? Because um, you're saying you're going back and forth. Yeah. So so what happened, long story short, maybe this will turn into a long story. We'll see. Um, when we were in college, we were juniors in college and we entered a film uh, that we had made for like 300 <laughs> bucks. We entered into this MTV competition <laughs> called Best Film on Campus. And the prize of that was you get a development deal with MTV Films, which as like 20-year-olds, we're like, that's our ticket to Hollywood. So um, we were very lucky to have won that competition. But what happened is as soon as we won it, MTV Films basically was dissolving as a company. (laughs) So they didn't know. Like They're like, oh, we have two kids from Iowa that have a development deal with us. Like This is is not going to work out. And and to be honest, like it was a student film competition. So like in our heads, we're like, development deal. Woohoo, we made it. But like they're thinking like, yeah, like this is a contest prize. Right. Like it wasn't ever going to be that real. Like, and the we'll fact just have that, a couple of meetings where we develop. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we were like super naive about the process, and um, like, we're we had rich. like we had a legal <laughs> contract. <laughs> we had a legal contract with them, and the negotiations for that lasted something absurd. Like let's say two years. Mm. It was like way, wow. way, right. way wow. longer right. than it ever should have. Um, and so for for so long, we were saying like, oh, we've got this development deal with MTV Films which actually got us in a few more doors than it would have yeah, otherwise. And so we kind of used that, but there kind of was nothing behind it. Right, right. Um, and there got to be a point where we realized MTV Films had completely dissolved. What are we going to do with this? <laughs> and we were familiar with this, this producer named David Gale, who was mm-hmm. the head of MTV Films and at the time had dr- transitioned to MT- MTV New Media. Mm-hmm. And he was responsible for breaking the careers of like Mike Judge, Louis mm-hmm. C.K., um, uh, Craig Brewer, Alexander Payne. Alexander Payne. Collection. So he was really kind of this pivotal point in a lot of filmmakers' lives. And we're like, maybe if we can just get in the same room with him, right. maybe we can make something happen with this deal. And he was gracious enough to sit down with us, hear out our story, hear various ideas that we had. And he was like, okay, maybe we can scrounge up like a little bit of money for you guys to shoot Ooh. a pilot for our new media division. Awesome. And we took... Um, that money went back to Iowa, went to um, back to the University of Iowa mm-hmm. and shot this pilot called Spread, which um, is like the plot of that is very much about this sexually transmitted disease that Ooh. begins eradicating people on a college campus. So very like very <laughs> it's dark. Like it, came, it, came, it came within. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It came from within. Yeah. So yeah. We, we did that and um, delivered that back to MTV and nothing really ever and happened. It was, it was a pilot? It was yeah, a pilot. Yeah, it was like a pilot yeah, presentation. Like oh, okay. Super low yeah. budget. Yeah. And, yeah, just kind of the idea idea of it and and again as Scott was saying it's like kind of like it follows meets contagion okay. before either the either of those existed yeah. mm-hmm. um super low budget and it, honestly like all it became was a calling card for right. us we were able mm-hmm. to show people and um and and get in a few more rooms and it's just been a long you know right. it was a long slow right. process right. and it was a beautiful in retrospect a beautiful crash course of how Hollywood works which right. is hurry up and wait and you know like you have to create your own opportunities and um nobody's going to hand you a development deal even if you win it in a contest mm-hmm. it's right. not <laughs> right um, so yeah, it was it was a great learning process for awesome. us. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, it's funny. I was just thinking about how 
you know, here you guys with are with the quiet place and over two hundred something million dollars in them. It's huge. And everybody's like, well, those guys just wrote that movie. It's like, bitch, we've been around for 15 years. <laughs> and people always think like they make exactly. instant success, but they don't ever reveal right. back like oh the hustle muscle. Right. Yeah. The time yeah. that it took. Yeah. So, There's I'm, so much rejection that, that we have we have faced. It's all like right. all filmmakers do. And there was like this one pivotal week that for us, I think, changed the game where we ha- we had been out of college for like maybe two or three years. We had not directed anything for two or three years. Um, we were writing scripts that just were hitting dead ends and we had, we had luckily had an attorney that was kind of overseeing our MTV development deal. And he was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I I'll send your material to like CAA and ICM and Gersh and get you meetings with all these agencies. Mm -hmm. And so we had a week where we were out here in LA, we were meeting with those agencies. We're like, we made it. Like one of these guys (laughs) will sign us and all of them passed. They all passed on our material. And at the same time we had sent in the script to the Sundance screenwriters lab, Mm -hmm. um, into the Nichols fellowship, Mm -hmm. That same week, they also passed on. And, wow. and that same week, we got an email. I love to hear these. <laughs> we got an email from a producer friend that we had met at a film festival who we had sent one of our scripts to. Like, can you please read and like give us mm. some feedback? Right. And and he sent us an email same same freaking day as all this, where he's like, "Guys, I can't even get through two pages of this. Like, you Damn. just gonna have to like." He's you like, know, "It's overwritten. Like, yeah. you're, you <laughs> like, need to go like, back move to the drawing board." And we're just like, yeah. oh, oh, "I think we officially just got we, kicked we, out of Hollywood. Oh, okay. yeah. Like, we are officially done." And so that was like a, a fork in the road wait, where wait, wait, wait. we could have just given up. Was that? This was 2008, I think it was okay. 2008, okay, okay, so about okay. 10 years ago. Right. And um, so, for like a split second before all that happened, we were like, something will connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, 24 hours later, nothing had connected. And we could either <laughs> have packed up our bags and left Hollywood or, you know, forged ahead. And what we de- determined was we're going to write a script that we can go off and make hell or high water um, for, you know, nothing. We can always go back to Iowa and shoot something. Mm -hmm. So let's think about what we could do that's producible and something that excites us too, so that there's that passion to drive it. And let's go off and do that. And so our, our first step in that plan was to make this short film called impulse, which we wrote um, in a way that it was almost dialogue free, very much how quiet place was. Mm -hmm. There was only like a couple lines of dialogue in it. And we felt, Oh, that's going to be very cinematic. Like if we're going to make a short film, let's do something that deserves to be put Mm -hmm. on the screen. And we went off and shot that back in Iowa in 2009, um, finished that up, premiered at LA Shorts Fest out here. Mm-hmm. And through friends of friends, we were able to get aligned with a manager at Madhouse Entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. And that's who our manager is to this day. Mm-hmm. And we always look back and kind of trace our steps. And we're like, if we never felt that determination from that mm-hmm. rejection, we never would have done X, Y, Z that would have gotten us our manager that then got us like all these other doors mm-hmm. open moving forward. Well, see, to, mm-hmm. me, to me, that's the, that's the pivot. You know, you you pivot in another way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they do it in business. Like you got to, I'm always telling writers, if you, if you're fucking up in comedy, maybe you have a more of a drama voice. You Mm. don't even know it. Right. And you might need to pivot in another way. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Totally. That's fascinating. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But I I just love those stories where it was like so hard (laughs) and you almost gave up. Every time it was like that dark night of the soul moment, yeah. and it was like, what is the thing that had that light? <laughs> like, just one small thing could have set you guys off. Yeah, like, right. it's done, and you just push through. Oh, thank but it you. Happened, it happens constantly, though. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like that was the only time it happened. Like, mm-hmm. it happened many, many even on Quiet Place. Like, there was a point where we had pitched the idea to Quiet Place um, before we had like really 
anybody had seen the script before that point. We pitched us with the idea, and there were blank stares all the time. <laughs> Every, I mean, we had, like, we would take, Jeez. we'd have lunch with, like, a, you know, a studio executive who really mm. wanted to find something with us. We'd pitch it to them, just, like, blank stare, like, nah, it's not going to work. Mm. Like, we'd, like, talk but about But did you at least our... order some extra food to go? Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, we made sure. Yeah. Yeah. We were eating out of to go. The <laughs> lunch is for sure. Yeah, and, like, even, like, close um, producer friends or even, like, friends and family, like, just, we would pitch this idea about a silent movie where um, nobody can make a noise and... Bitch, do you know if I was an executive and you came in and pitched me that? I'd be like, and what's your budget looking like? And uh, how soon can we get this popping? Right. Are you kidding That's why me? Why we need no, filmmakers running studios? Thank you. We do. Yeah. We really do. Yes. There's a different. It, we, you know, filmmakers have a different brain, I think, and different, and they have vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and there was just whatever for whatever reason, people did not um, see this idea, and it really discouraged us. We definitely like, we're like, oh yeah, I guess it's a bad idea, and mm. like we'd like put it in a drawer, and and and. So had you guys written years. it? Um, no. That was just we, like it we was had just written like a lot of ideas for it, but we had not written the screenplay yeah. yet. So there well, were, let me just ask you this: I yeah. yeah. Where did the origin of that? Yeah, look totally. Come from? Who, Se- several you? places, several places. So um, at the University of Iowa, mm-hmm. we, the, the one class that we showed up to every day, that the one class we didn't cut class to go make movies, was this nonverbal communication class that we really mm-hmm. dug. And there was just something about that class that was really inspiring. Learning how much we say to each other without saying anything mm-hmm. at all. You talk about that all the time. Yeah, if you go in my house, I got a bunch of books that talk about that. <laughs> From FBI profilers to reading body language. Because, oh, yes. you know, I work with children a lot. Oh, a lot yeah. of times I have to deal with children with special needs. A lot yeah. of times I have to, like, look and oh, wow. see without the verbal stuff. So I love that. Studying, wow. studying yeah. human behavior. And plus, yeah. as a writer, I like studying and watching people. I'm a people watcher totally. anyway. It's the most totally. important thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Like, people yeah. watching, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so it was that combined with the fact that we were digesting a lot of silent film and a lot of um, filmmakers like Charlie Chaplin, Buster mm-hmm. Keaton, um, Jacques Tati, like right. these filmmakers who uh, were making silent films after there was sound. So there's mm-hmm. still sync sound and music. Right. But it was just for us, we got enamored with the idea of pure cinema, like telling a story with what makes cinema so great, which mm-hmm. is like visuals, music, sound, whatever, mm-hmm. the kind of like a, a mo- visual emotional experience. And um, we thought the combination of that in the horror genre could be really special, mm-hmm. especially because in horror, we feel like the, the most important tool you have is sound. Right. Um, many, many examples of right. this, but you know, like I'm thinking of Jaws for whatever reason popped sure. into my head. Um, the idea of like using music and sound to imply the mm-hmm. shark's presence and right. how terrifying that is. Right. Um, so yeah, that was just kind of the basic mm-hmm. idea. And then we, many years later, got the idea of this uh, family on a farm who... Uh, are not speaking to each other because they've suffered a tragedy. Mm. And we thought, oh, what if we combine that with our silent film idea, um, doing a modern-day silent film? So it was that. So we had that. We pitched mm-hmm. it to people. No <laughs> one was into it at all. And it was just Dude, one of those... sounds fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you. It was guys. one of those ideas, though, um, that stuck around in our heads at least mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there got to be a point where we were like let's just go write this and mm-hmm. again it was like following that passion and knowing that worst case scenario we'll just you know go back to Iowa and shoot right. this for like a tiny <laughs> tiny fraction of a budget so wait when you had the idea of the silent did you already have like the the whole monster element with it or was it just the silent yeah. part and trying yeah. to figure out how to yeah, make a film it, that's just it, silent. Yeah, it very much was, we knew it wanted to be, we wanted to write a genre film. So we kind of early on adopted that idea of let's do a monster movie that works in the silent film genre. It's, it's funny, like our, our initial pages of notes, it, it looks like something like 
silent film, no dialogue, family on a farm, monster, mm. and it's like worst. What's the worst thing that could happen? Mom is pregnant and there's really? a baby coming, and that that was kind of like the core. Yeah, idea. okay. And yeah. then we trans- like the beats. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's how Bitch, it kind of came do you know? Mm-hmm. Have they come to me? <laughs> and I said, and so this, and, and what's the thing that's going to be like the driving thing? Because yeah, most people can survive being silent. What's that thing? Mom is pregnant. Bitch, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on, <laughs> because you already know, <laughs> crying baby, pain. Yeah, yeah nothing yeah. you can do to. You know what? Them. I want the names of all the people you pitched it to, so, <laughs> so I can send them anonymous notes saying how dare you <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> we will slip those names Please, you can give it to me I will honestly send little things like shame on you exactly. <laughs> let me just say this really quick yeah we have interviewed over 200 something people mm-hmm. on the show actually way more than you see on our yeah on our thing because some of them we just don't count right every single person who went through what you guys went through and mm-hmm. finally made it, wrote a script that everybody told them not to, to write. Mm. Every single exactly. one yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's why I'm always That's telling amazing. people, go with your fucking instinct. Oh Fuck gosh. Hollywood. It's yeah. so Every single one. That is, yeah, remarkable. That is remarkable to hear because the, when we were writing A Quiet Place and everyone was telling us, don't write it, right. we had four other projects that our agents and managers were like, Guys, everyone wants to buy these other things. Right. Like, keep working on that, and we're just like, man, we don't see it. We mm-hmm. don't. We're not passionate about it. But right. we were kind of doing it because you're like, you got to pay the bills. Your passion. So, we were, so yeah. we were working on those other things and secretly working on a quiet place. And sure enough, the make only it seem like shame. <laughs> see how they make horror. You know how they do us. They put us in the shadows. Like I have to work in shame. Totally. <laughs> totally. And, and are you writing that drama? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> comes in. Are you writing horror? No. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, like Quiet Place is the movie that got made. All right. the other things didn't sell. No right. one cared. And you know, it's yeah. just it's so interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. I think passion is yes. so important and the and, key. And we because, know as filmmakers, because you know you're what coming we from see. here and you can feel it. Yeah. Right. Because you're not thinking about what people are thinking about. Yeah. You're you're writing it for yourself. And you guys already being yeah. filmmakers are like thinking about it so visually. And I think, can I say this? The subtext of that is that because you were kids Mm -hmm. and doing that, I Mm -hmm. think you carry that kind of, and I see this with a lot of writers who started off young and Mm -hmm. filmmakers too, is that kid passion. I feel like that kid Mm -hmm. part of yourself really kept pushing you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think the fact that you were young and already using your imagination, that passion was already there. So I think it's just one of those, you know, those kind of worldly things where it just happens and that thing, that place that made you guys want to just do those little, when you weren't even thinking about getting paid, you were just having fun with your action figures. I think that's something that just carries you and I see that with all the other people you were talking about Mm -hmm. especially when they're younger and that passion and they just stuck with it I think that's so important that you know other writers and filmmakers here I also think I love what you're saying and I also think that there's something to the fact that you know the movies that end up getting made oftentimes are uh, it's just stuff we've seen before I think like I, I think about like Get Out, which mm-hmm. was my favorite movie mm-hmm. of last right. year, and it's such a bizarre script. And I can imagine people reading that script and being like, I don't know about this right. one, <laughs> right. but yeah. I'm so glad it exists and I'm so glad they made it. And sure enough, there was a huge audience for mm-hmm. it. Like people totally responded to it. Right. So sometimes you got to go crazy you know, and just they try always, different stuff. always said it. Nobody's no, no, nobody knows nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, until it hits yeah. and then they're like, oh my God, we knew. All right, right. so let's, let's get into the thick of it now. Let's hear sure. it. Yeah. <laughs> So, who was it that finally said yes to this project mm-hmm. 
And what are some of the changes that came to it? Because I know right. I've heard that there was the, the first script version of it, and then when you guys brought John on board, and some changes were made. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into some writerly things, and I'm going to talk to, as, as, not as a writer, yeah. but as a fan of horror, <laughs> which is where I can bring my mother in, <laughs> so we can quibble. Yeah. And don't take it personal. This just is a mother's observation, <laughs> and my mother's the one that introduced me to horror in every new horror movie, and this is one of the ones that she was so excited to see. So yeah. whenever she's excited to see a horror movie, we go see it the first weekend right. it came out. Right. And so after we were done, she told me, if you ever meet these guys as a mama, I want you to tell them this. <laughs> I'm excited and a little nervous. No, don't be. Um, so, so, yeah. The she path, don't bite. She yeah. don't bite. Mary Alice is very sweet. <laughs> the path with this film was really interesting because we, we had finished the script and we finally handed it over to our agent and manager. And they were like, we think there actually is something here. And we feel that Michael Bay's company, Platinum Dunes, is the home for it. And, and we're, we're like, like, Michael Bay oh, is going to So there's going to be explosions <laughs> and <laughs> monsters that shoot off jetpacks. Yeah, and right. So we, we took good. that first meeting um, with Platinum Dunes and we were a little suspicious because we were like, is this really the home? Like their, their horror lineage was right. very much like in the remake world of doing Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw. And we knew, which Quiet is a Place. nice, which is a nice pedigree. It is. But, yeah. but you say it's like the remakes and all that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And we were like, this needs to be very original Thank and it you. does not need to be unscathed. It should come through unscathed through the studio right. process. Um, but when we sat down with, um, with Andrew form over there, like everything he was saying was a hundred percent, like in our hearts about what the story really meant. It wasn't just a scary movie. It was a movie about being a parent and also about being a family and being able to communicate. And so when we, we sat down with them, we felt, okay, they should be the right producers to kind of move this, this, this script forward. And they took it directly into Paramount Pictures and there was like a week or two where we heard nothing other than like Michael Bay's having like lunch with the president of Paramount. <laughs> but he ain't inviting y'all to come okay. eat. <laughs> we ain't coming to eat. Right. You know what that is, Scott? The yeah. infamous wait. It is the infamous wait. So like we were we were basically moving on with our lives, thinking like nothing's gonna happen with this one. Let's write the next script. But then sure enough, we got the the incredible call that Paramount wanted to make this movie. Mm. Um, so it's very bizarre, and we know how lucky we are for our first stop with that script to have been the place where it found a home. Obviously, we've never through the ringer on many, many other projects Mm -hmm. that just bounce around and never get made or go through development process, whatever. This was actually um, a really pleasant process, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not a very exciting story. (laughs) (laughs) But it It is is exciting. It's exciting. It's like, there's hope. It can happen. And and, and honestly, like the studio notes were like, Really good. Like we went into the studio note, like note session, and we're like, "Here we go. Here they're gonna, they, they're gonna so want they're gonna dialogue all right. over the place. It's too quiet." And it wasn't like that at all. It was mm. like clarifying. <laughs> it's too quiet. Was it called a quiet place? Or <laughs> yeah. it, was it, no, was yeah. it originally called a quiet yeah, place? It was, yeah, it's always it was, called a yeah. quiet. Yeah. Place. It's too quiet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a script called a quiet place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, they were shockingly supportive. A lot, a lot of their notes were about like clarifying character motivations mm-hmm. and making things make more sense. They did have some notes about like we'd like to know more about you know the monsters. And the creatures, and we're like, eh, that's yeah, not what's really the mythology. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do a lot of that. And there were like we were little like, things we that we steered really away from, like what the spec script was. But it very much was right. like, let's just leave those breadcrumbs for the audience to pick up on, however they want. Right. Then mm-hmm. whoever is end up ends up making this. I just want to say this: my, my producing partner Pamela just stepped in. Hey, Pam. Hi, Pam. She was there that night too. Uh, yeah, oh, very yeah. cool. Very cool. And so, and so, she is like, like Lisa, like just brilliant with like what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And she said, when we left, she's like, 
we were talking about like, well, well, what about that or what about that? And she's like, yeah. no, the audience is smarter than that. Yes. <laughs> right? You feel me? Yeah. So yeah. that's what I love. Yeah. The, even things that people were questioning, they should just think about. Now yeah. we're talking about, we're having a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We you love I mean? we love movies that um, composite smart questions, like right. questions that you can come to the answers on your own if you need to. They're not just like completely ambiguous. And I think for for Quiet Place, we knew this family has already lived with this situation for a right. long time. So the audience should be playing catch up. We don't want to like have all of the information just kind of spilled out on the table for anyone to right. kind of pick up on. Cause that, right. that also just usually is the least interesting part of, right. part of screenwriting Absolutely. And movies. And no one Absolutely. likes info dumps and films and all that <laughs> <Yeah>. expository <laughs> stuff, yeah. Right. Yeah. you know? And, and right. I think that it works very well in that very opening sequence where, okay, spoiler alert. Oh, if, please. If you have seen, not seen the movie, <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and if you're a horror fan, you should be okay. doubly ashamed of yourself. Some of us have seen it two or three times. Okay. Right? <laughs> you should be really ashamed. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, first pause and then come back so that whole opening gives you so much with so little that you already know we already in like it's just so tense and mm-hmm. I'm telling you people in the audience were so t- it was, right. people wasn't they was barely trying to eat their popcorn yeah. <laughs> I was like popcorn got oh, cold oh hold <laughs> okay. on people didn't want to go to hold, the bathroom hold <laughs> up wait a minute let me put some boom in it first of all uh-huh. I was telling fam look why is it we were sitting in the audience nobody was even chewing. It was just like, what? Yeah. it was just silent, <laughs> which is eerie. So mm-hmm. now you guys have seen it in lots of different yeah. situations. Yeah. Is it the same? Yeah, it's my it favorite yeah. thing about the movie is watching the audience get irritated at right. each other when they make noise. Like the like, the, like angry looks listen, when somebody's listen, like chewing popcorn. Listen, <laughs> somebody had opened up their little candy thing and I tell you, my neck <laughs> looks like, bitch, do I have to come down here? <laughs> and then the thing was they caught themselves and they were just yeah. like, okay, yeah. we'll just wait till the monster comes by or something and then open. People couldn't even eat their food in yeah, the audience. Yeah, yeah there, there should quiet. be a countdown in the movie okay. where it's like, you can start eating in three, two, one and then like it's going to be over in three, two, one. Like, like I right. um, watching the movie with my parents, I kind of gave them a heads up. Like anytime I start opening up my candy, like that's that's when a you, cue. Yeah. <laughs> You're such a good son. Look yeah. at you, like right now, mom. Now, chew, chew. Yeah. It, it is fun though to make a PSA, like a PSA of please everyone be respectful in a movie theater for right, a movie right, because right. that I don't know. But it, at the same time, we love movies that get a reaction from audiences where either they're being a hundred percent quiet or they're screaming. And right. I think right. that's one thing we absolutely adore about the horror genre mm-hmm. is it elicits a very visceral reaction from well, audience well, members. Speaking of screaming, your jump scares were some of the best jump scares I've seen in a long time. Oh, like, cool. And I'm jaded on jump Didn't, scares. We must have jumped I'm jaded. 10 times in a I'm so was, jaded yes. on jump scares. Like it's like, if you're going to do a good one right. and there was a moment where I had my taco in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bitch, you okay. were eating? Listen, <laughs> but I brought in soft foods. Okay. <laughs> I had Smart. shrimp tacos and I already uh, have my genius. pre-open wine cap right. yeah. my little wine and I have my little sprinkles cupcake I bring, you know I bring the good foods for the good movies yeah. so I was like so you know I was softly eating and then the thing came and then my shrimp <laughs> but I got it I was like oh my god thank god but I mean that's what I miss about good movies because it was such a visceral experience with the audience because it was like our, bre- our heart rate it was just moments in the films, like especially with the actress that they they, they cast. That's mm-hmm. she's yeah. actually deaf in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and yeah. the whole talk, listen, talk about the face. That girl, yeah, beautiful yeah, face. Right. Like yeah, just right. the kids were amazing, uh, except for our one baby. 
that I want to talk about right now. Oh, We're going to get into it. <laughs> and this is per my mama. <laughs> so this ain't right you. Now. Yeah. This ain't mama. me. Yeah. But no, this is me thinking it too when we have the conversation <laughs> afterwards. Because I'm going to let y'all know. <laughs> so there's a scene. I'm, I'm just going to tell y'all. There's something happens to one of the children. Like the bitches should have seen the movie by now. Okay, you should have seen it. But something happens to one of the babies. <laughs> And oh, when the movie yeah. was done, me and my mom sat out there. We got to the house. Me and Pam talked about it, too. And my mom said, had that been a black mom, <laughs> there would not have been a Wait movie. For it. Because this Wait is what would have happened. Before we got inside the spot, we would have we that harsh black mama whisper, when we go in this place, you better not touch shit. <laughs> you better not look at shit. If you knock something down, these things going to get your ass. And guess what? Ain't nothing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> And that would have, my mom said, that's what I would have done. And I said, well, what about the other thing? And my mom said, first of all, and a mother would not have their baby in the back of the group (laughs) when we are walking. And I said, I agree. So she said to tell y'all, Scott Bryan, this is her Mary Alice from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She said to tell you, no mama would have her child walking at the very end of the thing for y'all. She said, and then she said, my mother said, when that happened, she was so mad at the parents. Mm. I thought I was too. Uh, Because my first thought was, well, maybe they could have killed them in a different way where it's like, oh my God, this is terrible. But the first thing my mom said, and and the the other, the Latino mom that was sitting behind us, Mm -hmm. whispered to her friend and said, girl, why they had a baby (laughs) in the back of the thing? And the second thing, which... We can talk about it. Yeah. Y'all can explain yeah. yourselves because it might not have been you. It might have been John. <laughs> might have been John. And I'm sure you probably had this question because this question came up, and I'm talking about in terms of gender split. When sure. I talk to men and women about it, yeah. the first thing they said was, why would she get pregnant mm-hmm. during yeah. this thing? Sure. Awesome. And my yeah. first thought was, because we kept thinking, I said, well, maybe she knew the head and just one of the things that happened. But if you were paying attention to the movie, you yeah. saw yeah. that this situation had been going yeah. a yeah. long yeah. time. Yeah. And so men were like, well, stuff just happens. You're not going to just stop having sex you're right. gonna still do your thing and life goes on and the women we were just like first of all y'all been going to the cvs every week y'all couldn't have picked up no condoms yeah. y'all couldn't have got some shit together and i thought this would have been a totally different movie now yeah. mind you these are black women talking yeah. yeah okay these are black women talking okay gender right so i want y'all to explain yourself because <laughs> sure. me and my mom got heated because that was the only thing my mom said you know this movie is just almost perfect it's just they would not, shouldn't have had that baby in the back, <laughs> and they should have had some contraceptives because no woman. And I said, well, mom, well, maybe, I mean, that's a great part of the story. That's what makes it exciting. She says, yeah, but maybe if she had already been pregnant and didn't know, yeah, then yeah. we right. can sympathize. So yeah. who messed that up? All right, all right. Let's, let's get into it. Let's put it on the record. Who messed that up? So in, in Mama, of- they're talking about it right now, so when I get home, we'll listen to this episode. They're explaining themselves. So you can still like them in the movie. I know you love the movie. Here they go. Go ahead, boys. Go ahead, no, we, we totally hear what your mom is saying. Um, totally. And so let's talk about the script versus yes. screen. Because yes. that's always like from right. a screenwriting yes. perspective right. where um, interpretations can change. Right. And so in the in the script that we had sold to Paramount, there never was kind of this time delineation about when it was happening. Oh, so, okay. so in our minds, it was a little ambiguous, but the interpretation was she probably got pregnant before this yeah, all went there down. There you go. Definitely. And so Definitely. now you're stuck in a situation that you could not control there you go. where the baby is coming. You, you can't do anything right. to stop it. Now, having said that, when John came on, I think his big approach was this is a family that's going to do their damnedest to have an as normal of a life as possible and make a good life given what they have. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where you start to get into this idea of 
we know there's there's monsters. We know we can't make a sound, but we're still going to have a baby anyways. And the baby, That's, therefore, becomes a metaphor for hope so that right. the family has something to move forward and kind of, you know, move ahead. But you can totally still call bullshit on that. Yeah. Because, yeah. No, That's totally valid. That's totally valid. Now, answer the real question. Was that y'all? Because you know when I go home, no, my mom's going to ask awesome. me. Right. Was that you guys' decision, or was that the changes that came after? Yeah, it was that the changes. Was, yeah, yeah, exactly. That came after. Okay, Mama, it's not yeah. it's not Scott and Brian. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Scott and Brian. It's okay. Well, we'll we'll have John next week. We'll have John <laughs> explain himself, and we can talk the opening scene too, because that's another thing that kind of kind of morphed from script to screen. Where in the current movie, it sets up the rules. So we're right. talking like the general store. We're talking about making a noise, and the mm-hmm. the kid dies. That was all kind of after John had come on board. In our original spec script and our rewrites, too, we had this backstory that was kind of parceled out through flashbacks where it was more of a mystery about, okay, there's a loss in this family, but how did that come about? And so we discover that later in the story about what happened to that child and that event actually happened before this cataclysmic oh, so, so, so the kid wasn't really in there okay. in your original the kid, there was there was, there a, was kid a kid that but, died but the kid died by the coming of the uh, the monsters okay. Coming. Okay, got it, got it was kind it. of like okay, a, yeah. a surprise right. gotcha. and, and a mystery and so, so it kind of unfolds and, yeah. and okay. yeah. but but I th- like John's John's choice and I, I do think there's totally <laughs> merit in this of just setting up the rules like very clearly right. in the very opening right. scene absolutely um, you kind of front load that information right. so the audience all knows what you're watching. Whereas mm-hmm. I think um, kind of our, our slant on it was let's paint a mystery. And part of that comes from our love of Shyamalan. Like right, in, right. in Science, right. for instance, you know, right. something bad happened to this family, but you discover that. And people love them. Like you and I both. We love a mystery and we, love, and we love movies that make you kind of work to figure out. They yeah. don't give you everything. Right. You figure it out. You use your brain. And to yeah. me, those are the ones that kind it of keeps, resonate. It keeps you curious. They keep, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They the keep thing. me yeah. in there. The only thing I was going to say was I, I I agree with them that maybe the baby, I call him baby, the little grown ass little toddler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe he should have been like in the middle or whatever. But yeah. what I like about it, you can still kill him. What I like about it, still go. There's a way you can do it where I'm I like, agree. I yeah. agree. But There's a way I, you can do it. Where I'm like, hey. What I liked about it personally, you were talking about the rules, and we talked yeah. about it that night. Yeah. Was for me. It told the audience immediately in five minutes. Mm. Shit is not good in this space. That anybody can go. Shut if you're going to kill a kid, totally. yes. Totally. Yes. Yeah. It, it so totally, for me, that was important. Absolutely, yeah. I completely yeah. agree because it, it throws all the rules out the window. Right. Because that is a rule. Like We've written scripts before where the in the opening scene is a child getting killed and people are just like, you can't do <laughs> that. Yes, you can. <laughs> you because can't. once you do that, <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you yeah. go see this movie, okay, this is like a good lesson for you writers who are writing some horror and stuff like that go watch that time it watch it with the well you know it's already quiet and I was gonna say watch it with the sound off but it's already sound off watch it and just see how much information is visually queued up and, and told to you and let you know everything about the rules of this world without you having to have all this extra stuff and the fact that the baby gets taken out Within five minutes. Right. Yeah. I turned to my mom like, Mom, right. we about buckle up. It's about, is this going to be good? Like, this is about to happen. Right. And yeah. I just think that that, when you have that type of horror movie that does that, I think, I don't know, it just brings back those good memories of real, the, the good horror that I loved growing up with, where basically, we fuck your feelings. We ain't trying to, we'll kill your dog. <laughs> Grandma's going. Everybody's going. In fact, your hero might not make it right. in your movie, too. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's like, right. it's that realness. And so immediately, once that happens, 
And the last part, you the little leaves, the little toy. And after that, it's like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you're in trouble, girl. I think you're onto something about horror. How, like, I think a lot of times, like, independent horror ends up being better than studio horror. Exactly. Because there are no rules. Like, right. and, and I think of, like, some of the, like, the, the game-changing movies of, like, Night of the Living Dead, yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Those movies are frightening. Because yes. you're just like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. Um, and, and studio uh, horror tends to get a little bit watered down. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me ask you a question. <laughs> just because you were just talking about studio and independent. Because you guys were thinking about originally shooting this yourself. Yeah. For yeah. like probably $100,000, $200,000 right. in your head, right? Yeah. And I'm like, what would you have done differently at that type of a budget? Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm asking is because... Most people assume you're making a horror movie where they're going to shoot it for a million or two. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. You guys had fucking $17 million. So yeah. from yeah. the audience point of view, you're looking at it going, where is all the money? Is it the special effects? Is it the... Yeah. Is it the, yeah. You it's know, a, is it... You it's know what a mean? scope. It's a special effects. Because um, y'all could have got that barn back at home for oh, four We already had it. Yeah. We already had. <laughs> like, yeah, it's already ready. It was already ready. Scott said, my uncle got yeah. the house. <laughs> we, we, we actually had scouted um, the farm preemptively when we were writing the script just to be inspired. Yeah. Um, so we had that location, and we knew from the creature standpoint, you would obscure the creature even more. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we very much were thinking, like, it's it's a man in a suit versus CGI. Right. When I say man in a suit, like right. I think Practical. about Attack the Block. Alien. Um, right. Right. Attack Alien, the block, yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, and there's this great company, Spectral Motion, that has done the the creatures for Attack the Block and some of Shyamalan stuff. Love so, like, that movie. we, we yeah. knew it could be done. You just obscure it a little more, leave right. it to the audience's imagination, and then use sound design to right. really paint the picture in, in your just head. Just make the TV neon and sound yeah. Design, yeah, and the sound design <laughs> is key because <laughs> with the monsters, like, how much... How much changes did it go through before they got the, the monster that we have in the movie? Like, how many incarnations were there yeah. before yeah. you had it to where it's like, yeah, that's it? I mean, the descriptions right. that you guys wrote compared to what the finished product was. Yeah. Well, I think, like, from a script standpoint, it didn't change dramatically. But from, like, you know, directing and execution, they were working on that thing up until the last second. Okay. Um, like, really... You know, even the cut we saw a week before it premiered at South by Southwest, we were watching it going like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is going to work because the VFX weren't done and the sound, the sound was not done. Mm. They haven't, they hadn't landed on the perfect sound and like mm. when to dip in and out of, right. um, uh, out of mm-hmm. the audio and like, what does the creature sound like exactly? It does it sound like a little too much like a raptor from Jurassic Park. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. just like all that, like finessing and, and, and dialing that in made the movie jump a huge right. level. Mm. But that, that creature design, like they, ILM was very instrumental in figuring out like that moment where you zoom in on the ear. Right. Like oh, that's, right. that's the yes. highlighted yes. moment of like yes. what this true creature's weapon is. Mm-hmm. And then um, we were actually, we were just up at Skywalker Ranch last week with the sound mixer who they just happened to be up there and just chilling. I just so had had come, he had to come and stunt in front of us. Like, yeah, let's, you know, I was at Skywalker Ranch. The happiest place on earth. Luke is my cousin. Okay. Stuff, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. He, uh, the, the sound mixer though up there um, worked on Quiet Place okay. and he was saying he was watching a cut and he was like oh maybe we should go straight from the shot of that ear to the timer that Ooh. is ticking really loudly so you see the juxtaposition of how these creatures hear and right. so that idea between ILM and the sound guys were kind of married those ideas together to cr- paint a picture of what the right. creature really, really, um, how it functioned and what totally it looked helped. like. So yes. it's one of those beautiful things about filmmaking. I guess that's right. the summation of what I'm trying to say is mm-hmm. that it's so many different voices that kind of collect together in the best yeah. situation you get something like, like what they were able to put on screen. I will say the sound design is like, 
it's pivotal because I think it, it. I mean, with the creatures and all the cool stuff, I think if that sound design was whack, <laughs> yeah. Yep. It would have been a whole totally different movie because literally, especially if you got the good sound, if you go to the theater with the good speakers, <laughs> like yeah. literally the tension, I mean, things are already quiet anyway. Right. And then I'm just talking about in particular the one scene where the kids are playing the game and they knock over something and right. something happens and it's like, oh shit. Right. And everybody's silent and then you're just, they're all waiting and you're just waiting for the things, the sounds that are outside. It's so tense and it's so delicious Hmm. When you hear like thing from far over here, and you're like, oh shit, right. oh shit, right, right. and it's all, and it's all, But the thing is, the beauty is, you still don't see the monster yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you get it yeah. and you kind of feel it, but that tension and not showing. And I know we have arguments all the time about seeing the monster all the way mm-hmm. and not seeing it. I think this movie was a beautiful blend of both. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it got that that oh, you guys just got they just nailed it just right, and it's like so hard to do. Well, let me let me just ask you. I don't mean to back backtrack. So, how did you guys get John Krasinski on, and yeah. what was his collaboration with you guys? Right. And how did yeah, you totally. Well, so so John was working with the producers at the time. So we went with Michael Bay's company, mm-hmm. Platinum Dunes. We said let's make this movie together, and at the exact same time, they were producing Jack Ryan, the oh, Amazon yeah. show that mm-hmm. John is starring in, and. They said, hey, we've got this really cool script that we like, that we think you would be good in. It's in the horror space. Is that appealing to you? And he was like, not really. Like, I haven't really, you know, horror's not... John, John. He didn't even like horror. (laughs) John, John. He don't even like horror. What? Ain't that a bitch? (laughs) And they they kind of pitched him the idea, and he's he's like... He's lucky I like his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. And uh, so he heard the idea for the the story, and he was like, oh, that's actually, like, that sounds kind of intriguing. Um, See? Come on. I'll take a look. (laughs) And so he read the script fell in love with it instantly mm. and he this is our agents kind of and our producers <clears throat> relaying this information and then he hands it hands the script to Emily Blunt mm-hmm. um and she reads the script and thought it was amazing and that is was confusing that, is that to somebody us somebody he knows yeah i know that's like, that <laughs> was our reaction we were like at the time so we were like what's the matter with it just hanging out and she's at the house just yeah totally just and- hand her and she just had time to read the script <laughs> okay. over lunch or something right. like yeah so no they're married and um and <laughs> and so immediately funny. it became this like this like family production it was like they were um john and emily were committed to making the movie together and Paramount instantly gave right. the film a release date before yeah. it was um, before and the budget f- went up ten million. <laughs> yeah, okay. and the budget did it did yeah. it, it, it yeah. went up ten million. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. I just guessed it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you I was know like, stuff. Yeah. My fee and your fee. Accuracy. Yeah, at least yeah. 10 million. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's how, that's how it came to be. John, as um, as a filmmaker, brought his perspective of being a father. Right. Um, we at the time, Scott is a recent father. Um, but when we wrote the script, we didn't have that experience. And I think that um, there's a level of authenticity that he added to the script mm-hmm. um, from that kind of father perspective. And same with, like, we always talk about this, too, like casting Millie, who's actually deaf. Like, Thank you. Brought, Can I say thank you that for, oh for the, the community? Like, yeah. I mean, she is, that's one of the biggest things that people were, were excited about, and especially the, the, the disability advocates that I follow on Twitter and, and really appreciate. They really love the fact that you gave an actress who has that let them shine. She it's it's like, it. I yes. can't imagine it any other way though, because every time you're putting something on screen, like you hope that there's a level of authenticity mm-hmm. and it could have easily gone sideways. If mm-hmm. you cast somebody that mm-hmm. was just playing deaf instead of actually bringing that life experience to it. So I think that's one of the brilliant strokes that, um, you know, as casting directors and as a filmmaker, like that, the team was able to bring to the table and actually like follow through with that. And, you know, thank We're God Paramount yeah. was, right. was behind that decision too. Right. Can, I, can so I just good. ask you, how did it go from him getting the script to him actually being one of the writers with them? I'm only asking because sure. you guys know the script better than anybody, so sure. why didn't yeah. he just 
tell you in his notes and you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Totally. Well, he, he comes from a background where he has been a writer as right. well on, on his projects. And so I think it's it's the same way that we are as directors. Like, we need to feel something very personal anytime mm-hmm. we're coming aboard a project or writing something for ourselves. And so it's very much like handing over the baton, respecting mm-hmm. kind of that that place that he has as a filmmaker and be like, here's our baby. Mm-hmm. Now go off. Treat it well. Mm-hmm. Don't right. change it too much. But, right. mm-hmm. but yeah. like, we understand your process. And so... He he went through that process, and it, it very much was like juggling around part of the timeline. It's like that it's opening a scene. Mm-hmm. It's a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was beautiful about it for us is we felt that our original vision, uh, original vision was very much intact from our spec script that we sold and the rewrites that we did at Paramount. Mm-hmm. And then he was able to blend his own expertise on top mm-hmm. of that. And so mm-hmm. it's it's weird because we never were ever working in the same room, but it feels like a hive mind. Right. And that extends beyond just John. That extends to like the production design and the composer right. and being able to, to see this hopefully unique movie all the way through and not really kind of pervert it through the process. See, to me, that's a really, really, really good writer because it's important. Like, Pamela and I have a new movie that she goes out and starts casting next week, don't you, Pamela? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Exciting. Okay. And, um, we got the green light. Wait, a so, Western? Yeah. Shut and so, okay. and so when okay. I, I, I took it in like, it was already rewritten, it was already yeah. written and I yeah. took it and rewrote it yeah. and, and one of the things that we talk about is how I was able to go in. It still looks like the same script, yeah. but you know it's a difference. It's sure. just of cleaner. Course. It's just different. You know what sure. I mean? Yep. So that there's an art to that, though. Mm, there is. You know? yeah. yeah. Right. There we've is. been on. We've been on that side too, where we've we've been hired to rewrite, mm-hmm. and it's a balance because to a certain degree, like you want to respect like the original writer's vision, because I think that's somehow how scripts get stuck in development is mm-hmm. that people buy onto that idea because there's something there, but right. maybe the execution I, isn't up to snuff. I can't tell you how many times, and I'm curious if you guys have a similar experience, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you how many times we've been sent scripts either as writers or directors. Mm-hmm. And we read the script and we're like, what, what, why is everyone so excited to make this? <laughs> and then, and then are you living back, my life? <laughs> and then we go back to the first script that originally sold. And we were like, Eureka, like right. that's, there's right. something that, right. that's special. Right. So a lot of times when we rewrite, it's about trying to get back to the magic of what it got everybody so excited. Yeah, and then build from while, that initial. While trying to yeah. build from that. And I love the fact that you guys, you guys got that and that you weren't tripping because John is like, well, I'm going to put my, my stamp on and do this. It's like, yeah. Hey, he felt something about the project. Make it happen, yeah. Because your yeah. initial, because your initial thing, it's 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 still there. It's still your baby, and yeah. it's like, yeah. it's just sometimes you know, it, sometimes we can, as writers can be a little too close to it, and sometimes it just takes that outside voice right. to just kind of like, hey, let's just spin it this way. Oh, perfect, let's totally. go. Yeah. You know, totally. one yeah. one of the things that I always worry about in that situation, though, like your script feels like. Like how many pages was your original? Uh, Sixty-seven. Oh, that's right. It was really did, short, right? Yeah, it was but because there's no dialogue, right? right. Yeah. The mighty kind of right, right, right. crunches right. in. So the only reason I was asking is because, um, and then let me ask you this: mm-hmm. when yeah. you did the rewrite for Paramount, yeah. How long was it then? Uh, it was like, it was like 70, 80, 80 pages, I okay. think. And then the yeah. final shooting script was probably set high 70s, 80. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, because so yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. usually when people come in and fuck with your shit, they yeah. start adding more <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So I was like, now you got a 112-page script. <laughs> and it was moving like this yeah, at first, yeah. and I was yeah. like... Yeah. The, the it's actually it's weird. Some stuff, it was more stuff that came out, actually. It was. like There were sequences yeah. that, that were pulled out for you know budgetary reasons because it would have been bigger. But it was... Um, like when we sold the script, one of the unorthodox things we did was we put pictures in it. Um, 
like there's the monopoly sequence. And so right. we put a monopoly board in there. Or like when, when things were getting quieter, we would shrink the font size or if things were getting louder, like we'd put a single word on a single page just to emphasize how mm-hmm. loud that sound was. And by the end of like the script writing process, that stuff kind of fell by the wayside because mm-hmm. it really was a tool. So for it us got everybody's attention. Exactly. And then you yeah. went back and changed it. To totally. Regular... By the time it was a shooting script, right. we, yeah, we had, it looked more conventional. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Because it, it, it had to, to be for the for, yeah. for the key department heads and but, such. Just yeah, to they need them. Yeah. But I think like because because of the process of pitching the idea to people and and people not being into the idea, I think we got a little insecure. We were like, we mm. want to make sure they understand how special this is. That right. this is not just kind of a a weird, bizarre idea. Like this can be really cool, really unique. Um, it can be a cinematic experience. Hopefully, unlike um, something that we're used to seeing. That was our hope. With the- two things. I want you to talk about the marketing of the film, if you mm-hmm. can, if um, yeah, how it was marketed, because I just felt like it it was everywhere. It was it was like <laughs> yeah, one of the best right. marketing, and usually so, horror movies don't get don't that. Get we don't get that respect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And number two, I want to talk about you know the talk of there being a sequel. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about the marketing because it's like once it came out. And I started seeing it everywhere. The anticipation was so real, and I feel like it's like I just said. It's so rare for horror movies to get that mm-hmm. type of support. Totally. I, I, all we can say is we are grateful for it because the the marketing was cool. It was like hip. It was awesome. like they totally you know pimping the the concept and putting mm-hmm. it right out there without spoiling anything. Yes. Yeah. Like and and <sighs> saving and saving the reveal that she was pregnant until like the very final trailer that they put out. Mm-hmm. They, they obscured that even, and so we were just like so excited because um, there was like I think one of the teaser trailers was. Like I think it was where she was like down in the bathtub, but you don't mm-hmm. see anything. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And she's like yeah. shrinking, and you don't know what she's shrinking. You don't shrinking know why. Exactly. But because Emily is a badass actress, okay. she yeah. killed it. That, so that look we, on her we face. We wanted her for our new movie. Uh, her, her, the look yeah. on her face. We were like, shit mm-hmm. is happening. <laughs> <laughs> what is going nice. on? Because it was just, uh, and she's like ducking, and we're thinking like, why are you hiding in the bath? And so of course, question mystery. What's going on? Like we got to see this. Like yeah. what's the thing? Yeah. Totally. What, what do you call it, Pam? It's behind the lines, like things the actors are thinking behind. What do you call it? Well, we were talking about like Emily, like in all her silence and all the things she does, mm-hmm. but it's like in the eyes, like oh, things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like to watch them think. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's hard you to see find them out. process that thing. Right. Okay. It's much more information in their thinking process than in their dialogue. Exactly. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to the nonverbal communication. As mm-hmm. one of the things in writing the script, we're like, hopefully, we can get really incredible actors on board this project because they will bring to it a whole nother level that the script can never communicate. Right. And Emily's performance throughout there, like, says so much mm-hmm. by saying so by doing so little mm-hmm. because she just knows how to how to control her body and augment mm-hmm. like the way that she's staring mm-hmm. and you see those mm-hmm. wheels turning in her head. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the marketing like we one of our favorite ads is where they um, use critic quotes and they highlighted single letters that spelled out STFU. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> we're like, that, we're gonna get a poster of that and put that on our wall because that's our favorite. That's amazing. That's You're awesome. just yeah. So um, and having like the Super Bowl ad, like these were mm-hmm. things that we really we found out just when Paramount had already yeah. pulled the trigger on them, and uh, it's been incredible. Down yeah. to um, probably our favorite. 
benchmark was uh, a Kanye place on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Like, did you guys see that? that? Yeah, just watching Saturday Night Live. And now you've become now you've so. become of pop culture yeah. <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. Pop culture. Yeah. So sequel, sequel. Oh, we are not allowed to say anything about. I know you I can't know. say anything about it. I I will say I will say this. Um, it's it's an amazing world. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing. You know, there's there's many many things you could do with it. But I'll also say a cool thing about A Quiet Place is that it was an original movie totally. yeah. and yeah. not yeah. a sequel and not a remake right. and not a reboot. Right. And um, our hope is that there's more stuff like that, like more original yeah. ideas. And see, right. I'm just going to say this because I, I know from the Hollywood standpoint, like when you have a hit movie, oh, they're you want to monetize right. it. Right. And you we wanna, too. They're like, you want to yeah. put that trick out <laughs> right. there on the, you want to put them on a the stroll right. for as long right. as you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, AKA Saw, AKA all those other movies that are coming right. out. I see you, Asylum. Um, but I'm mad. It was good. I'm gonna come. You know, right. The Purge. I see y'all. Yeah. But my thing was, and I'm talking not. I'm just talking as a fan. Sure. sure. Yeah. My first fear was they're gonna make this and beat it to death and make a whole bunch of movies. <laughs> and my hope is, I hope they give these guys a chance to do more original stuff mm-hmm. because the fact that you brought something that was fresh. And that was exciting, and that people really responded to. My fear is that they're going to be like, "We want you to do something like that again for twenty other movies." Right. Yeah, how are you guys going to navigate that? Well, that, we're like just globally, like we're always concerned that Hollywood learns the wrong lessons from success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you have breakout movies, and then yeah, either they want to turn them into franchises, or when the next original movie comes along, they're not listening to mm-hmm. it. Um, so I think in terms of like the Quiet Place sequel, again, we can't really say anything about it other than. There better be a damn good reason why there's a sequel. Okay. I think that's well, the big challenge. Well, that's, let me say this though. That's the you. challenge from that's a story perspective. Thing, right. From a story perspective. Right. Yeah. But yeah. the way it ends is like, duh, there's a fucking sequel. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it does end like, and we talk about it's one of the best endings in a long time. Yeah. It felt like, bam. Like if you go in the movie, End it with a bank. Right. Yep. right. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. it's like End it with us looking and seeing right. the photos coming. It's like, it's right. about to be on and popping. Right. But that's my fear. It's like yeah. they're going to, if you're yeah. going to, uh, and that's the thing with the sequels. I, here's my thing. I don't mind sequels, but you got to be either come better than the original right. or mm-hmm. you have to bring something that's going to justify it. Because my fear is going to be like, okay, now we're going to have uh, the people on the other side of the mountain and their and, viewpoint. And, I'm and, like, and, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the problem, especially no, with yeah. horror, because we've already established the monster. By yeah, the time we know the monster. The end, mm-hmm. When they do the sequel, they go, well, we need to see the monster more. But mm-hmm. now it's not right. as scary anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So they and still need the to conundrum. keep that, that uh, tension, yeah. almost like they need to escape somewhere else where it's not as bad, yeah. and it's got to start over again. Can, yeah. I I ask you just, can I ask you just this? This is just something <clears throat> I was just curious about. Um, were there other people around them? Because yeah. one of the things, we, we didn't get a sense of, well, I know the, the, the couple that were there. The light. Like, yeah. the, I know the light stuff. And right. that was the other people that were there. Because my mom was yeah. like, I think those are other right. people. And then somebody in the audience was like, well, maybe they just set it up as booby traps to kind of figure out if they can see stuff from a distance or mm. other people are coming so I just want some clarification I like that interpretation the actually yeah I, I, the, use the that court, for the next one you know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like there, I mean the idea is there are a few there are survivors out right. there but you're so in like a bubble that you don't really know beyond right. what it is and you can't really easily venture out like you can't yeah. drive a car right. without being attacked right. and so it keeps you kind of sequestered but and that made yeah. it so hard can you imagine like even if the monster was coming you can't really run because the crunchiness, right. so you got to yeah. get So you're just like <laughs> I, you put so many elements that just made them like, dude, y'all. We you ain't said make you it. said that was John's idea to put the sand down. 
Uh, the sand, so that? yeah, that was like one of those like things that yeah. never existed in any draft of the script. It just yeah. was one of those like smart. production design directing mm-hmm. decisions. Yeah, yeah. brilliantly yeah. smart. I mean, a lot of work. Yeah, but, and I think yeah. that's like one of those cool things that comes from a fresh perspective because right. we had a lot of scenes of like people walking on paths and like having to like not step on a dead leaf right. and not step on a twig and this and that. And I think he he with fresh eyes looks at it and goes put sand down like mm-hmm. just put sand yep. sand down and then they can walk freely and it's just like oh genius perfect mm-hmm. yep. so cool and I love how they incorporated that into the, the marketing campaign as well it's just so great so what's next for you guys what are you working on now what's what's popping sure um, so right now we're in post production on this film called Haunt um, that we we're actually hmm, is that a scary movie <laughs> 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 scary <laughs> elements <laughs> I mean our, our inspiration for making Haunt um, really quick like the story is about um, like a, a haunted house not like a supernatural haunted house, but like, like an extreme Halloween haunted night, house, Halloween yeah. night haunted house that um, we we follow these characters into it and they discover what's happening there is 100%. That's like me and uh, Linnell when we were up at the Universal, uh, the haunt night, oh, we were running around. Yeah. We were there for like 12 hours running in and out of stuff. And I'm like, some of the shit look real, girl. I don't exactly. think they play in. That's, that's, that's where that's that's the, the idea came from. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's that what if, like what right. if something really happened here? What's mm-hmm. going on? So, um, but it's also kind of like a quiet place where it's like kind of a B-movie idea and mm-hmm. we're attempting to elevate it with hey, a little hey, bit of substance. Hey, hey, and yes. You put some respect on B. Yeah. <laughs> I love B. You don't, say, love you don't say it like yeah. it's some trash. You say it, you say it with your chest. <laughs> but what's funny is where, where B movies come respect. from. B movies were always better than the A movies that yes. were playing Thank at cinema. Yes. Like they so were always true. more interesting and by virtue of that they captured the audience attention right. and probably last longer in like the yes. history of cinema. Yes. 100%. Yes. So we have so yes. much respect for that and what we love is taking ideas that could be considered by most people as like B movies in a bad way but mm-hmm. elevating them because one, they're just fucking scary but right. also that hopefully there's characters you care about so right. they're not just cannon fodder throughout well, like you can comment movie. on something you know like the, the we certainly I won't get into it now with Haunt but like you know we have ideas about what it means and I think that our favorite horror movies all the ones we've been talking about mm-hmm. on this podcast so far like they always have like they're frightening and terrifying and um, have a great you know kind of hook and premise that you want to watch but there, there's also so, a little something else going on underneath right. that makes right. it a little and more and thank you for creating characters in horror movies that we care about mm. that is the vein of every bad horror movie yeah. when you have right. people doing yeah. something and after a while you're just like you know what I'm rooting for the monster because <laughs> yeah. y'all too dumb to live it's called yeah. the, the too exactly. dumb to live trope <laughs> yeah. and it's the trope that you know, when that's, that's why I'm going to go watch Jurassic World, and I'm still rooting for all the dinosaurs. <laughs> that's why team hashtag Team Blue. I go look. That's yeah. why team some blue. people in this room stop watching The Walking Dead. That's all I'm going to say. Well, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. I know you're still a fan of that, but with horror, yes, but with horror, you've got to care. Like I cared about those children mm-hmm. in Quiet yep. Place. Mm-hmm. I cared about the mom. I mean, you at the end of the movie, you feel for for John's character, mm-hmm. but you also realize, and of course, the act, the eyes, and just. Right conveying like you know what I gotta do this because in order for the rest of us to make it when you don't when you make and this is for the rest of you who are thinking about we can make the next quiet place ourselves we can do it ourselves you better make us care about your characters because if we if we don't your movie is not going to succeed. That yeah. was one of the first things on Haunt. Um, one of our producers is Eli Roth. And Eli Roth, of all people, like his Ooh. his big note was Is that your boyfriend, too? <laughs> <laughs> I, have my, I have my issues with Eli. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but, but because yeah. he's fine, <laughs> I will overlook some things. Well, hold on. This will, this will make you like him even more. This will make you like him even more because... Because I was going to punch him one day when I saw him film him one time. I was like, I should punch you for this, but you were so cute. <laughs> With that dark thing, it's like, I may have to li- let you live. I might have to let you live. But go ahead, t- convince me. His, fir- his first note on Haunt wasn't, let's make it gorier and scarier and crazier. It was all about 
we need to love these characters more. What? Yeah. Eli yeah. said that? Yeah. He said that. He He's said, learning. He's he learning. Said, he we said, need to bring Eli in here and we have a discussion. <laughs> he, what? he said the best way to make, you know, to make a movie scary is to make you love the characters and really want to see them live. And he yeah. said that his feeling is that... Hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> his feeling is that studio horror, studio horror often fails because you don't care about the characters enough. And so even now, like even in post-production on Haunt, we're just doing everything we can to ring out as much yeah. character mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I hope you keep it up. And um, I you guys no. directed that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we directed, directed that. Yeah, yeah okay. it happened simultaneously uh, when Quiet Place was shooting. Kind of wrote York. it at the same yeah. time, and, mm. and both movies shot at the same time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. But that was why you guys weren't on the set as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we okay. were supposed to do a set visit at Quiet Place, but it was like going to land a week before photography started. Yeah. On Haunt. You got to be in. We prep, were like, yeah, yeah. we we <laughs> were we had the plane tickets booked, but our crew was just going to like threaten mutiny if of we enough, of course because yeah. we had so much to do so yeah. we were like sorry guys we can't visit at all right. so. well I will say this yeah. me and mom are going to be sitting there the first week and that haunt comes out <laughs> uh, I will have notes for you yes. for Mary Alice please <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so happy that you said what you said because that's the main thing because she came out the movie and it's like that mama look yeah. and she's like why would they have the baby? And then the other one I was talking to was like, yeah, why would you? I was like, you know what? If we ever meet these guys, we're going to ask them thank you for answering the questions of and course. solving the mystery. Putting the blame on John. Yeah, putting the blame on John. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's always a scapegoat. Him under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. John is it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, thank y'all, man. It was awesome. Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks thank so much. You, always always yeah. good to see you guys. Always yeah. good to see you. And just thank you. Can you thank? Can I just thank you personally from the bottom of my heart for making horror sexy again? For bringing sexy back to horror? I don't know. No, we did that. Hey, yeah. I'm just telling you because I'm looking at all the stuff that's been coming out. Because I watch, we watch a lot of horror. I watch yeah. a lot of international stuff, and it's been a long time that I've seen an American yeah. horror movie right. that has gotten me excited. Mm. That's and cool. um, you know, and for a while there, I was I was ashamed of us American horror filmmakers, and I was just like, I've broken up with us, and I'm going yeah. and I'm dating everybody else. I'm having a <laughs> polyamorous relationship with other countries who are doing horror, but. It was just so exciting to see the teaser the first time with my mom. And my mo- and I know I'm going to go see it. My mom says, can you make a note of that movie? We must go see that. We're going to go see that one. And when that other movie comes out, we're going to see that she's too. She's a cinephile, y'all. Yeah. Because yeah. she was yeah. like, Cause the next one we're going to see is Hereditary. And mom was oh, really looking oh, forward to that. Yeah. But she yeah. was so excited. And when we came out the theater, she was just like, wow, we're, we're going to... And it wasn't gory. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, and she appreciates that. Even though I love gore, sure. if it's done right, but you like haunt then, yeah. And, but she was real appreciative of that. Even the scary and horrorful yeah. moment, she just really just was really excited to go see a awesome. horror movie. So oh, thank that's you. Cool. That's so sweet. Thank that's you, great. Thank you, thank you, very thank much. you. Awesome. Yeah. That's thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys again, man. That was awesome. Um, where you at? Where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, we're on Twitter. We, yeah, we're on Twitter at Beck and Woods, and on Instagram at Beck and Woods. So. Yeah, Wonder Twin Powers activate. activate. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Hot comes out, you have to come back. Oh, yes, we would we love, love to talk about it because I would love to do like a, another horror thing where we talk about horror because I want to get some people to come in so that you guys can teach people how to make good horror. I want to do. Yeah, a let's deep... talk about writing a little bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah the writing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, I need horror in my life. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. uh, horror helps me deal with all the complicated things that go on in the world. <laughs> and uh, a quiet Same. place was really like me and my Trump days. Like they are coming. We need to keep ourselves quiet and locked down as much as possible because they are coming. Yeah, oh my we'll get much more that. horror out of the next you know, couple that. years at least. No, but definitely, yeah. you definitely have to come back when when Hunt comes out so we can get into. We'd we'll love to do that. Let's do it around Halloween. So. Yes, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. That'd we always perfect. do a horror. But I would love to do one on the craft of writing good horror. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Not just horror, people. Good <laughs> shit, <laughs> babies. Good shit. 
Yeah. Did you say where you at? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, y'all know where I'm at. <laughs> I am Somebody on Twitter. Just you can find me on Twitter as What Fresh Hell Is This? And um, I will be at WizCon uh, next week, and I will be on a panel that's talking about African science fiction. I was hoping to be on one of the horror panels there, so um, I may pop up on one of them, or I might just get up on the stage and say, scoot over, Tanana Reef, I'm coming to talk about it, too. I'm looking forward to it, because Tanana Reef do, and um, Salima, they are the, the guest of honors, and you know that Tanana Reef was one of the first black women that I remember in terms of writing a lot of horror stuff, so she's the guest of honor. So I'm going to be there. Come check me out. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there anything else popping off for me? Uh, no, you can always find me under the Saturday Night Sci-Fi tag, because every Saturday night we go through and watch some great classic sci-fi, old sci-fi, bad sci-fi, good sci-fi, and then we just talk <laughs> shit about it and tweet on there all the time. And then also, um, every now and then you'll find me under the tag of Friday Night Horror. So when Graveyard Shift Sister does that and picks a movie, um, we usually live tweet and talk about good horror movies. Right. See what I'm dealing with over here? Yes. <laughs> all the time. This is the one you want following you. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's like, what are you she guys doing? She got all doing? the black girl nerds. Listen, listen, yeah. listen. Well, not so much black girl well, nerds anymore. Yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah stuff that went down. Yeah. But those girls who happen to be black <laughs> and nerds. <laughs> I see you. It's a whole nother story, guys. Oh, yeah. another story. We did a whole yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. A whole nother episode. episode but yeah. Anyway, and I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard. I can't even speak. At Hilliard Guest. Hey, and shout out to the lovely Ginger. She always into who just started. I got to say it. Meghan Markle, when they got married. Oh, yeah. And the black women came with their church hats. They sure did. Just shout out. Shout just out. Painted. Shout out to the sisters online who were, who were drinking their little little lattes and their little their little martinis and had their church, their big old church houses in their houses watching right. it live. Right. So, and a shout out to the horse, Tyrone, because they had one of the royal horses. <laughs> and thank Tyrone. you for whoever did. They said, oh, they got one of the horses. They said that that wedding was the blackest thing that Britain has ever seen. From the choir to the preacher. She's your Oprah, queen. Idris was there. And they said, one of the horses is named Tyrone. If you watch it, someone took the video. The horses, like, you know, the, the big fancy horses yeah. that go before the carriage. Well, one of the horses got out of pocket and somebody put some Jamaican music to it. <laughs> <laughs> and they said one of the horses was even black and Jamaican That's and funny. doing a thing. So the wedding, hey, good luck to he you. I started skanking and shit. I started skanking in the middle of the thing. So yesterday was like black women's fun day of yeah. just watching the whole wedding thing. So that was a lot That's of fun. Cute. And of course, Diana's son, the ginger, our favorite ginger. Our little prince is right. not a little boy anymore. Nope. He is now married. Grown-ass man. Grown-ass man now. <clears throat> That's what's Yay. <laughs> you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Um, and it's qu- Twitter. It's Twitter. You can call it Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Hit us up. Um, a lot of shit going on. Like I said, me and Pam got some shit going on. Pam just walked in the door. Pamela Asme Andrew, casting director, producer herself, Pimp Dog. Okay. The OG. Okay. <laughs> Y'all know who she is. Y'all know who turned the TV on, bitch. Um, anyway, I got a lot of good shit going on. I can go ahead and announce it. Um, I start tomorrow. What? You going to say it now? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Go ahead. I start tomorrow in the writer's room on a, a Deadly Class on Sci-Fi with um, the Russo Brothers, Ezek producing. Dude, so it's gonna be awesome. Congrats. Thank you, thank you. And you know I'm gonna be talking shit, so y'all better bring your A game. Yes, of course. Shout when out I, when I live tweet and start watching the show. <laughs> and look, don't be killing off my favorite characters and stuff. Hey, come well, on, come on. If you see the comic, everybody goes. I, so you know what? And I have a healthy respect when you're gonna take everybody. everybody Just go. give me some time to love them. That's the plan. We're okay, gonna, we're give me some time plan. to love the character, and then you can whack. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out to Rick Rick uh, Rick Reminder. Shout out to Miles Owen Fell. Hey, Miles. Um, shout out to Mick Bettencourt, who's a showrunner. Okay. <gasps> Mick is a yes. showrunner. I didn't tell you, no, did you I? did that. Yes. All right. 
You all love you in my ear, but I'm sorry. Well, take the, take the things off. What's going to be on and popping? Congratulations, you guys. Congratulations, you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. Oh, please go on Facebook, follow us there. Go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. Big shout out to all the countries all over the world who follow us. We're in like 90-something countries. It's ridiculous. Wow. <clears throat> um, anyway, um, shout out to the Writers Guild because we got a lot of shit going on over the two with y'all motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> I'm silly as hell. Uh, yeah, that's about it. So, oh, Chris, Derek coming in now. Uh-huh. Hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On wait, wait, show. can I just say one more thing? You know I'm going to keep interrupting. <laughs> you know I'm going to keep interrupting because we've been talking about this. Shows and I, be going listen, three hours. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. They're family now. And sometimes your family just does stuff and goes, like, you just deal with this. So y'all just have to deal with <laughs> That tweet that I put out like a week ago when I said, when you see your people mm-hmm. on the grind doing things, that was for you. Before you announced it. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You've been doing that hustle. <laughs> all my people are succeeding. Don't mind me, you guys crying, because all my people <laughs> are winning. We was on the phone crying the other day. Yeah. <laughs> all my people are winning. I see you, and I'm Thank just you. so proud of you. Thank Congratulations. Thanks for getting a brother to do that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I love you, girl. Um, love you too, Chris. Love you, Pam. And y'all motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> so y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. Mm-hmm. On this show, we keep it real. Mm-hmm. We keep it opinionated. Forever. And we keep it what? What, what kind of And thank you, Jay. For, thank you, Jay, for sitting in. Okay, Mom, you can be happy now. It's not their fault. <laughs> you can still like Scott and Brian. And the new movie that we're going to go see is called Haunt. So when it comes out, we'll have our snacks and our, our cupcakes and stuff ready. And we'll bring the margaritas this time, Mom. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Well, I'm going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerds Got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you 